to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Moore fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Score! Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the Rossi gets loose and Bergeron scores. Patrice Hello, everyone, and welcome back for episode 15 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the legendary Milt Schmidt edition, and I'm your host, Mark Allred, and joining me is my partner in hockey talk, Mr. Rob Tomlin. Rob, how are we doing today? Uh, I'm great today, buddy. How are you? Very good, very good. Like I said in the off-air discussion, had a few drinks last night, so I'm a little rough under the weather, but I have a nice cold beer that's going to straighten me out. Yeah. So... Uh, do you got a cookout today, huh? Yeah, yeah. Quick barbecue, couple of beers, and then enjoy the sunshine while it lasts over here. Uh, so, see, we, we're getting typical England weather in Amesbury, Massachusetts today. It is miserable out. Oh. So, yeah, it kind of sucks. Yeah, we probably have all your weather where it's meant to be nice and warm, and <laughs> there's not a cloud to see in the sky, so it's pretty good. The off balance. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, just a, a quick update for everybody that uh, that doesn't know or is uh, asking or has been asking. Um, we had to say goodbye to uh, old friend Derek Del Vecchio on the show. He is no, no longer with us, and we do wish him the best in his future endeavors. He's got a lot of things that he's working on, so uh, like I said, I want to wish him the best. And I want to thank him for everything he's done since January uh, with this project. So... Yeah, thanks, buddy. Yeah, so uh, the, the the draft is coming up, and the uh, July first free agent frenzy. Um, I, I want to start off with Erickson uh, and his uh, negotiations thus far. the The window is is shrinking. Um, uh, to me, I can see value in him staying. I can also see value in him as a trade ship. Uh, either way, I'm on the I'm on the you know I'm on the fence with this. Uh, I'm good with whatever they do, but I also want to make sure that uh, if they do make a move for him, they get some uh, a good return. Yeah, the only problem is with him being unrestricted. Uh, you're only giving a team what a week to sign them right. if they do trade for him. So. You're not looking at a first-round pick or anything like that, but you could you could get an asset back definitely. I'd like to see it, um, them, um, you know, try to strengthen up that defense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that that should be if any move is to be done, that should be the priority. Yeah, we we need to start looking at any any way possible to get this decor strengthened, whether it is through. Maybe the like one older player 
but with that you're going to have to move one of the older players that we already have right and with with guys like Seidenberg having no trade clause or a limited trade clause now uh it's going to really really be tough to get him to move so, but but he did say that he'd waive it he did but whether that's still applicable for this season uh i don't know right but you you never know what's what's going to happen i could I could see them probably moving him at the draft as part of a deal maybe to move up, but uh, like with a team like the Oilers, if they're willing to move that number four pick and we're going after it, then Chirelli might want to take on a guy like Seidenberg who's got experience behind him. So, I don't know. It's a possibility of moving him, but it's going to be a struggle to find the right partner to send him to. That's true, and with uh, the 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 potential um, expansion draft talk that's going around, and who do you claim and who do you don't? I mean, is do you involve a player like that in those discussions? Uh, yeah, but at the same time, with him having a a limited no move clause, he'll be automatically protected by the Bruins, no matter whether they want to protect him or not. So. I think you're going to have to try and trade him just so you've got an extra spot that you can protect one of your younger players because at the moment it looks like we're one of the teams that will probably lose out on a couple of younger players because of having quite a few no-move clauses on the team. So right, it's definitely something we've got to try and do. But... At the same time, you're kind of hoping that Zidane Chara retires at the end of next season, and then that's one more guy that you don't have to use one of your protections on. So, yeah, you're gonna no. you're gonna see a lot of teams uh, uh, this this summer uh, making moves to accommodate for uh, such a a draft like that. Yeah, because... I think I think you'll see a lot of teams be less depth have less depth this season and not go out and sign them free agents that they actually want to keep because uh, it's another guy that they're going to have to protect when it comes to the expansion draft so I think we'll see a lot weaker teams this season hmm. that's an interesting point because if you've got a stacked team and you're wanting to keep your if you've got those bottom six guys that you absolutely love and they do the job if you if you got to protect them as well as protect your top six and your decor, you're going to struggle to do it. So I think we'll see a lot of teams losing out on guys. So that that's what that's why I'm looking at guys like Troy Brower come free agency because do the St. Louis Blues want to sign into a four-year or a three-year deal and then watch him get claimed next season if they haven't got the chance to protect him? So. Yeah, there's gonna there's gonna be a lot of interest for a player like him. Yeah, definitely. His 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 playoff uh, performances are just. I, yeah, I mean, he, the, the guy's built for playoffs. Yeah, he's he's been absolutely amazing this season in the playoffs. So he's definitely one of them guys who he might be quieter during the season point production wise, but he's one of them guys that you want on your team at the end of the season. So. 
So, all right. So, go, going back to Erickson, how do you feel about if he's moved or if he if he stays? Where are you on that? Uh, if he stays, I'd rather see him on a short term, probably two to three year deal. Uh, because then you've got the possibility of moving him. Uh, whereas, I think when you when you sign a guy like that who's had concussion problems. Uh, when you sign into a maybe a five six year deal, another team's looking at that exactly the same way and thinking, do I really want six million stuck on a player who's never going to play an NHL game again if he gets injured? So you could be looking at the kind of Marks of Odd thing where we've had to deal with his cap for quite a few seasons, and it took trading a good player like Riley Smith to get rid of that cap. Yeah. So, it, to, for me, I'd rather go younger. Even though it's going to hurt us right now losing a player like that, if we can get, I hate to say it, but if we can get a guy like Jimmy VC, uh, he's only going to help us down the, he's going to help us more down the line. So, if we're going for this rebuild, retool type thing, yeah. I'd rather go younger. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about getting younger, uh, I'm 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 all for that, but I'm all, I'm also for experience. But it, there's a lot of people that that constantly say that the veteran leadership is is a key role, but younger players have to get in here sooner or later and make their standing and, and create some chemistry with other teammates. So, you know, it's it's a fifty fifty gamble no matter what. If you go younger, yeah. I mean, obviously your window for another Stanley Cup might be a little shorter but I mean longer but to me in in the in the world of business it makes sense yeah I've said a million times that um, like your veteran leaders should be your core guys the guys like Bergeron and Marchand and uh, guys like that with Krejci as well with Krejci tutoring Pasternak and being that guy for him that's the kind of people you want to see step up as a veteran whereas a guy like Chris Kelly or someone like that who's a bottom six specialist that shouldn't be your locker room guy your locker room guy should be your captain or your alternate captain or someone around there so I just I, I, I don't see it as especially with Louis he's not really a locker room guy is more of a quiet guy. We've seen that in episodes of Behind the Bee, and people have said, "Oh, he's he's more of a quiet guy. He used to hang around with Soderberg a lot. Then he hung around with Gustafsson a lot this season. So it seems like he uh, he like turns to the Swedish or the uh, European skaters on the team to be more part of that group than the entire group. So." I don't know. Uh, if you can, to me, if you can sign him and also find a top 4D and fix all your problems with the limited cap space you've got, then I'm all for it. But I don't see it happening. I really don't. All right. Oh, it's, it's interesting. It uh, just it, like I said earlier, the return is my biggest. I mean, if you can get a, a defenseman and a and a a good defenseman in a third round, second round pick. I'm, I'd be fine with that. You know. Yeah, but, but 
I, d I just don't see it happening with him like I said with him being an unrestricted free agent if he was restricted you get a lot more return for him but with yeah. him being unrestricted he can just he can be well, traded the, the, to that team not want to play and then just say I'm going to free agency just be so. just because of that status that that UFA status I mean he holds uh, a, a great deal of leverage on any negotiations yeah. you know so I mean no wonder why it's going right down to under a month yeah, which is because... which is frankly scary to me that you know that, uh, that they cannot come to a, a term uh, I, I you know I'm not sure if it's the money I think it's the it, it's the term that he wants and like like yeah you said, I think it's I think it's definitely the length he doesn't want to be a guy who's going from team to team in his last few years I think he wants to stay with one team and just keep play out the rest of his career so I think that's where the Bruins and him are butting heads on whether he's going to be a full-time Bruin or whether he's just going to be here for the next couple of seasons. Alright, so talking about extensions and and players that you know, that should be should be back, um, Brad Marchand's uh, that upcoming season is his last on his current contract and they're going to have to talk about him and his future uh, from what I'm reading in the uh, local media here in Boston is they're gonna they're talking sooner than later yeah it looks like it's gonna happen before next season starts so uh, I'm happy about that because it helps us see what cap value uh, what cap we're gonna have next season without worrying about how much he's gonna want and you're going to have a year to basically sign him and find out what he wants. And Marshan's a guy who he's going to want to stay in the Bruins. He's not going to want to go anywhere. So I think I think we'll be seeing a cheaper deal than we some people will be expecting. Because I've, I've read a couple of people saying six and a half mil to seven mil and I, I don't see that happening with Marsh and I think it'll take a lot less than that so well I'm I'm looking at an article right now that um, uh, one of my teammates on the hawkerwriters.com website uh, wrote uh, his name is Kyle Benson and he suggests the best offer for both Bruins and Marshan would be a five-year 37 million dollar deal I I I'm not. That's not a bad. That's not a bad deal. It no, it's not. Uh, I've got. I'll, I'll check his stats from this season. So this season he had, he played 77 games, so basically nearly a full season. He hardly missed any time. Scored 37 goals, 24 assists for 61 points. And it was definitely his best season for scoring. Right. So the key to this is consistency is he going to be putting up 30 goals a season or is he going to be falling under again that's kind of if you're wanting him as a goal scorer and you're going to sign him as a goal scorer you're probably looking at more cap than you are if you're signing him as the pesky forward that everyone knows him as so to be honest, I think we're seeing a different Marshan now, and he is more of a goal scorer. So, I, I, 
I really like what he's shown. He's shown that he's grown up when he went to uh, the championships this seat uh, the end of this season. He's definitely shown that he's improved as a player. So I I, I think they should do whatever they can to sign him. Yeah, I I, I like him. Um, he's the type of player that is he's a locker room guy. You know, he's gonna go up to you and say something. You know, to get you motivated. You know, uh, and he's he's not one of those the, just those role players that, you know, you, you're paying uh, three million dollars for a guy that talks good in the locker room but doesn't produce on the ice. I I still don't understand the mentality of some teams that do that. But yeah, I, I you know, there's a role for everybody. Yeah, there definitely is. But we've we've seen it with him this season where he's been having a laugh with Krug. He's getting on with everyone. There's always the bromance of him and Bergeron. So I think when you've got you got two guys like Bergeron and Marchand that play great together, and you should you just shouldn't split them up. No, and I mean his skill alone is tremendous. And yeah, for I, a, for a little guy, he cut. I mean he he stops on a dime. He creates space in a closet. You know, air quotes because. I, 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 I'm a decent skater and stick handler, but I can't stop like that and just you know make a quick play. Oh yeah, look look at I always with Marshand I always go back to the uh, shorthanded goal against the Kings, where he skated the entire ice round three players, shorthanded, took a shot, the rebound came out, he went to the corner, and it. Instead of panicking that five guys were coming towards him, he waited, 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 and shot and scored. And it just shows how confident he is that on a penalty kill, while his live mates were changing, he went in and did all that. It just shows the confidence that he has in himself that he can do these kind of things. And you always see that Bobby Orr-style... Uh, penalty kill with him as well, where he'll he'll get the puck, he'll skate up towards the opponent's blue line, and then, and then curl cut, off. Yeah, he'll yeah. cut back. He'll cut back, and all all their guys fall back into their own <laughs> end, and he just cuts back, skates off, gives them some smack talk while he's doing it, skates <laughs> back, and then keeps hold of the puck. So I absolutely love him. I think he's probably one of the best, definitely one of the best players we we have at the moment. And I don't see us bringing in anyone better than him for his position. So definitely lock him up long term. Right, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kyle in his uh, in this article, man, I'm not sure about this. This is kind of um, early for me, but the Bruins. He says the Bruins have 22.5 million in space this summer. Does that seem a little high to you? It does, but at the same time, I can understand from the Lucic money coming off. I think that's also with Krug's salary coming off, uh, Kelly's salary, the cap space we already have, uh, and that's without bringing any of the youngsters up to fill the spots that are missing. So I think it is right, but also once everything's said and done, there'll be nowhere near that cap space. Yeah, I mean, like you said, with, with all the uh, stuff that has to go down this summer with re-signs and, and negotiations, that number could easily dwindle down to 
you know, 10, 10 million? I think we've got more than that. I think, I think we're probably around the 14, 15 mark on what we've got available to spend on re-signing uh, the guys that we need to re-sign desperately. Uh, but also, I don't know whether that'll take into account Miller's salary that's just come on the books uh, and then Griffith probably being in the NHL, but his his salary cap really doesn't do much to the team. So No, it's only 6.25. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a, low, it's a low cap bargain. Yeah, so I think, uh, like I said, I think we'll see around 10 to 15 once everything's said and done. And you know that's what you'll have to sign Krug and uh, Ericsson. You know what sucks about this whole situation and, and, and the money is the free agent class this year is just terrible. Yeah, you know, we we now we finally have uh, some some um, some um, you know leeway in the in the salary cap. We've always been up against it, always making moves to accommodate um, younger players at a low cap value, and now now we have money and there's hardly anybody to spend it on. So that that just figures to me. The funny thing is, it's flipped this season where. There's a lot available in the trade market, but there's not a lot available in the free agency. Exactly, exactly. And with with teams like New York Rangers saying that everyone's available on their roster, so it kind of makes you think, I wish players were going to free agency and still didn't have two years left on the term or whatever they have. So I just... It's just stressful to know that we're not going to be able to fix that blue line without sending guys out. Yeah, I so agree. So someone's not going to be playing on the roster next season that we've seen this season, and I guarantee there'll be a lot of fans annoyed about it because it's probably going to be one of the guys that a lot of fans look to. So Yeah, yeah it's always hard for a fan base to lose a, a, a popular player. Yeah, whether it's Krejci, Ericsson, Spooner, someone like that, it's really going to be hard to lose them. So, right. But on the same point, hockey's a business. Exactly. These things have to happen. Exactly. And there's always going to be someone else's name on a jersey at the end of it. So. Yep, the evolving door. People have to understand that it is a business. Things happen. Sometimes you just have to get over it. I remember seeing last season uh, at at the draft someone complaining that they just bought a Lucic uh, jersey, <laughs> and I thought actually you're probably one of the lucky ones that has that last Lucic jersey that they're probably <laughs> going to make. So, right? Because I I don't see him ever coming back to Boston. So. No, yeah, I wish people would stop that. Yeah, that's just that's just ridiculous talk. Hey, I mean, I, I, just a quick just a quick, you know, update on that whole situation. Uh, I'm hearing Peter Shirelli is interested in bringing him to Edmonton. Yeah, he looks like he's going back to his big players that can't can't skate very well. So <laughs> he's got a bad habit of uh, of uh, uh, keeping a strong attachment to former players like. Like when Chiarelli was in in the in Boston, um, the you know Chris Kelly love, 
Yep. I mean, it, it did help win a cup that year, right? But, you know, yeah. what, what well, happened the rest of the last five? At the same time, he paid him more than, way was, more than he should have, so. Yeah, yeah. It's tough to give money like that to a, a pretty consistent penalty killer. Yep. That's just my thought. But moving on, um, you've done some homework, so let's hear what you got. I'm interested in, uh, to find out the list of stuff that you want to talk about. So, so other than what I said about New York claiming that every player is available, but does, that mean, does that mean the, the the Rick Nash to the Boston Bruins is going to start up soon? Uh, it will start up, but it won't happen. <laughs> Do you no. remember that a couple of years ago? Oh yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> I, I've seen so many. I've seen all the PK Subban to Boston things. This, oh, it's just, it, uh, it's just clickbait that you don't want to click on. Really, right. just d don't bother ever one, clicking. One, it. one of the many reasons why I drink heavily. Yeah, <laughs> and and turn Facebook uh, Facebook off at all times. Yeah, right. Try and concentrate on Twitter a bit more. <laughs> uh, so, apparently Tyson Barry from. The Avalanche is available for trade. I like him. I do. He's a. Uh, we're looking for a transition skating, passing, puck moving defenseman, and that's exactly what Tyson Barry is. Uh, Right-handed shot, five foot eight, hundred and eighty-nine pounds. Not really known for being too physical, but he's not horrible in his own end. Uh, I think he can be taught a lot better than the Avalanche have done for him. So last season, his numbers were 78 games played, 13 goals, 36 assists for 49 points. And and uh, I'm not really into the whole analytics and so on, but um, he's got some pretty decent possession numbers. Yeah. He, uh, I, was, he really I was real impressed with those. Uh, and, and, and to a Bruins team that had just completely awful possession numbers last year, the whole defensive core was like in in, in the in the red. Yeah. Well, uh, the good thing about Tyson Barry is he provides another weapon from the blue line, and on any situation, whether it's penalty kill, power play, five on five. You got to be scared of him because he will skate into the center, try and take guys on, and he has a really nasty wrist shot. Yeah. So yep. he's definitely a guy that you want to be scared of, and with a team of him and Krug out there on the power play, I think a lot of teams will be scared. Jeez. Yeah, that's that's an interesting player to um, to look at. I've seen a, a bunch of his games. Um, I've done a bunch of reading about him. Um, he he does fit that role of that Bruins type of player. I think he'll he he'd come right in and make a big difference. Yeah. Um, but uh, his size is a bit of an issue. But yeah, you know, but at the same time, we can't all have seven foot defensemen. Yeah. Either. Well, you got a guy on your team called Tory Krug who came in and just destroyed in the playoffs in his first games so to say Tyson Barry's taller than him 
plus we we now have Tory Krug and Brad Marchand on the team who are both <laughs> two tiny guys right. and have had pretty good seasons. So yeah. I don't think height is something you've got to be worried about anymore with the NHL going for more skill than size. Speed. Yeah, so I don't think it's something to be wor- something to be worried about with him only being five foot eight, but he's one hundred and eighty nine pounds, which I mean is probably about average for his size, but he does show a bit of nastiness in his own end. Yep, like he he does like to pin a guy to the boards or just go in and bear hug people. So I think. I think he'd really be good for that first pairing to play with Chara. Yeah, he's but um at the same time, it's not just that that pairing that needs fixing. Oh yeah, it's a it's a lot more than that. Yeah. So with with him being a right handed shot, it kind of fixes that whole right handed top four to top two defence but on the other side of things you've got to look to me, with people saying, oh, we don't need a left-handed defenseman, we have enough in the system, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you're looking at Chara either retiring this season or next. So you're going to have to have a guy who's ready in one to two years. And my pick for that would be Jonas Brodin from Minnesota. Another one I like. Yeah, 22 years old, so he's quite young, but he could play top four this season if we can get rid of Seidenberg's contract. Uh, six foot one, 194 pounds. Swedish, another puck moving defenseman, not as offensive, but he's kind of that two way guy. He can play in his own end, he has quite good numbers in his own end. Uh, the best thing about Jonas Brodin. For the next five seasons, he'll get paid four point one seven million. Yeah, see, I like the term. I, I I already like the deal that Minnesota gave him because he can move on to another team like the Bruins and and not worry about negotiations for a while. It seems yeah. like when the when the Bruins get players recently, they get them with a, a year a year left on their on their on their original contract, and it's it's tough to you know. Narrow down a price and a term that's good for both sides, and it just sometimes it just doesn't seem like it works. Or the Bruins tend to overpay. Definitely, uh, I think we've got a problem with uh, agents not liking the Bruins for some reason. We seem to have a lot of uh, when it comes to talking to agents, they always want that little bit more and think they can push us a bit extra, and I think that's one of the reasons that they traded Dougie Hamilton away was to say to the agents of players, look, we're not messing around. If you don't if you don't want the term or the offer that we're going to give to you, and when we say this is the final offer, it is the final offer, and you will be traded away. Hmm. So I think that's kind of where they're going down now, where when we say it's the final offer, it's the final offer. If you don't like it, you leave. So... And that has worked in some places where you'll see players with like less contract than you'd expect, especially with you look at um, Bolesky this season, everyone was saying 
oh, you're looking at a lot more than what the Bruins paid for him to get him. But we got him quite cheap. And I think that's mainly because he wanted to come to Boston because he loves the style of play here. Yeah. But also because we took a no-nonsense approach to it, low-balled him an offer, and he took it. That was so, an all-around good deal for me. For me, that was, that was a, I thought, a really well-thought-out process to get him aboard. Yeah, and he's definitely going to be a fan favorite for the next few seasons while his contract's here. I really yep. think so. Yep. He's just you know, a, he, he seems like a hard-working Boston kid. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, how a lot of people have described him. A player like him, you don't have to light it up offensively. You yeah. know, you don't have to put up the points. You don't have to be a 40-goal scorer. If you play that style of game, you're welcomed anywhere in the league, not just Boston, anywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, I like his I just like his passion. He goes out there and he and he and he makes people known that he's on the ice. Yeah, he's so. he's just is the best energy player that I've seen in the Bruins yeah. since Sean Thornton. Right. So. And 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 with players like him, I, I, I would love to see the Bruins get, you know, whether it be the draft, free agency or whatever. Players like him that, that have a have, you know that they they can be rough and tough, but they also have some seriously good skills. Yeah, that, that's why I really hope they go after Brower if he hits free agency. Because Brower is, he might be a bit older, but he's the same guy, same type of guy. He's hard working, he never stops. He just goes into the boards. He's like a freight train when he hits. So he, he's definitely a guy that if I was Don Sweeney, I'd be looking at right now. Right. If the Blues aren't going to re sign him. So. But uh, yeah, they're they're the two D men that, to be honest, I'd go after. Uh, you, like I said, you're looking a bit smaller than the Bruins usually have, at six foot one and five foot eight. But I think you've got to look to the future now. Your decor's yeah. aging. You've got, you didn't draft well enough when it came to defensemen. The guys in your system that. The in juniors really I don't think we've really got any defenseman in Providence that can make fit the right step in. up nah. well, well fit right in on the top four I think we've got guys who could fit right in on the, the bottom pair like a guy like Tommy Cross I think could fit in on the left side on the bottom pair mm-hmm. he did really well last season but if you stuck him in on the second pair and asked him to play top four minutes, you'd you'd see him crumble. So, if, if I'm not mistaken, I, I'm looking on, I'm going to generalfanager.com, and I think Tommy Cross might be on his last year. I could be wrong. I think he's got one more season on his contract. I th- uh, I'm pretty sure last season they signed a two-year deal, didn't they? Tommy Cross, UFA. UFA. Jeez. Yeah, six hundred thousand dollars. So that's another one. I mean, there's a, there's a long list of people that of players that are going to be needed to be resigned down in the uh, American Hockey League. And Tommy Cross is definitely one of them. I bring him I, back without. I would think so. I'm not a, I'm not a big Cross fan. I watch a bunch of um, uh, AHL games, 
I mean, he he's a good captain, good leader. Yeah. Uh, his game, uh, there's a reason why he's not in the NHL. You know what I mean? There's, yeah, there's a reason he's not a, like, constant fixture in the NHL. Right. I, I see him as that depth guy if, if we need someone called up or if we're struggling into find someone at the beginning of the season, then I, I'd say he could play probably 20 games. But right. I, I, I don't think he'd survive a full season of NHL. So, uh, to be honest, I'd sign him. I'd, I'd leave him in the minors. I'd have him there as that guy that you can call up and not worry about with uh, with waivers. Because I don't think any other team is going to see him as, oh, uh, we need to get him for our NHL team. Uh, I wouldn't see anyone picking him up on waivers. So, Right. Uh, yeah, I, I'd if... definitely re-sign him, though, yeah. Yeah, I mean he's a, he's a he's a decent player. I could see him back in um, maybe a one or two year deal, two way contract. Yeah, but but uh, what else yeah. you got? Next thing I wanted to talk about was the fact that um, Don Sweeney was seen talking to Matthew Kachuk at the combine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard you, we were we, talking about this. Yeah, which leads to think that the Bruins may be trying to move up in the draft to either get a guy like him or one of the top D-men prospects. Uh, it was said that they interviewed Ollie Jolovi, is he called? Uh, you, uh, yeah, you're on your own on that one, buddy. I think it's Yoli or something like that, but uh, yeah, they interviewed him. Uh, Dante Fabro. Yep, he's. He, I'm. I'm high on him. And if yeah. if the Bruins stay at 14 and they don't move up, I would like to see them get uh, either Fabro, um, Charlie McAvoy from Boston yeah. University, and uh, uh, Dante Fabro is also committed to uh, to Boston University. So either either one of those defensemen are going to be very easy to scout because they were basically right down the street. Yeah, so they're close to home. You can, I think Sweeney could walk into that building and not really be noticed. So, right, because he's a Harvard yeah. boy. Yeah, so I think it'd be good to get a guy that's that close. I know. I think they interviewed Jake Bean as well. Yeah, um, it, it, you know, I really hope he's a very good, very good player, very good defenseman. He's got really good skills, vision on the ice, but I'm more concerned about a player like that and his off ice issues. Yeah, he's uh he's known to get in a little bit of trouble, and I'm not totally sure what it was. I I, I forgot, but I read an article I believe in January when they were doing the 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 midterm reports on the um the central scouting midterms. Yeah. And uh, somebody wrote something about him having some really troubles off the ice, and I'm just not sure if a commitment to him would be a, a wise one. But, you know, people change. I get that. You know, once you get them in a professional environment, you sit down with them, you treat them like a pro. Uh, you yeah. know, things, things could definitely move in, in a better direction for him. But for me, I'd like to see the, the Bruins pick defense first. And if they do, in fact, keep that San Jose pick, which is going to be 
29 and 30 right now, I, yeah. I'd go after um, a, a decent forward. I, I actually really like um, Cameron Morrison of the uh, Youngstown Phantoms in the United States Hockey League. He's a, he's a big kid. He's got really good skill, and I think he'll be around in the later round. So. Yeah, well, I know but, they've uh, they interviewed Keller as well. I like uh, – is it Clayton Keller? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, he's a good player. Which, which kind of – Clayton Keller's dropping to around the 13, 14, 15 mark by the looks of things. Uh, so – the fact that they're also scouting forwards as well as the D-men that are going to sit around there, I think it's going to end up being whichever they think is best for the Bruins they'll pick. So At I, that time. Yeah, so I don't know whether it... I To be honest, I don't see Keller lasting that long. I think he'll be taken before then. Yeah. If anyone's watched his game tape, if anyone listening hasn't watched his game tape and doesn't know what he's like, search Clayton Keller highlights on YouTube and yeah. you'll be amazed. YouTube that shit. That that kid is just speed and skill and just insane. There was there was another kid that I really liked and he was from the London Knights. I can't think what his name is. Is he a big uh, right winger? Yeah. Julian Julian Gauthier. Oh no, it's not Gauthier. Okay. I think he's I think he's a centerman that played with Gauthier though. All right. Um but I know he's been he got suspended for a few games for boarding someone from behind. And then I think he laughed about it when he was on the way off the ice, which got him in even more trouble. Oh, seriously? Yeah, so Did the guy get did the guy get hurt? Yeah. Oh, see, that's even if you get if the guy gets up, you know what I mean. You got the penalty. I understand that, you know. Yeah. But if 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 he's down on the ice and he's hurt, that's a that's really disrespectful. Yeah. Well, I, I think he's called Jones. I think he's Ma Jones. Max Jones. Yeah. 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 Uh, Swinney had a meeting with him at the combine. Yeah, and I, yeah, like I said, I know they've I know they've talked to him. He's one of them guys that he just he makes if if they pick him, I'll be gritting my teeth for the next two years because he's shown all the amounts of skill that he's got. He's fast. He's big. He's he is what the Bruins would want in a sentiment later on down the line. But if that guy gets in more trouble, you're losing a first round pick because the the way that he he was ejected from that game. He turned round, he had a big smile on his face right in front of the cameras, had a big smile on his face, laughed about it. Uh, I think he even fist-bumped one of his teammates and then got off the ice. Uh, you do that in the NHL and you, you're going you're gonna to know about it because you're not going to be playing ice hockey for the next couple of years. Right. So with a guy like that, I'd, I'd be scared, but... Like I said, if I was going to pick a forward at 14, if Clayton Keller's available, he's the guy I'd pick. But at the same time, if he's not available, I would definitely go after a guy like Dante Fabro. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dante Fabro had a good combine, uh, combine uh, this weekend. Uh, I read a lot of good things about him. 
uh, Jumpin' Joe Haggerty from CSN.com. He um, he spoke highly of him too. So. Which is strange because he speaks highly of a player, and I don't think I've seen that in any of his articles for a while. So <laughs> it kind of makes me laugh. Yeah, um, I like yeah. I like Joe. I like Joe. I like a lot of writers in Boston. You know, they I, might they, they might suck and they might be good, but more or less, I like the fans' reaction. Yeah, I, I like Joe because he speaks his mind, but I think the whole thing with him and, uh, is it Felger and Maz? Or oh, yeah, Felger and Maz. Yeah, I, I think since that he's been involved with them for the past year and been on their show quite a bit, I think he's kind of changed a bit and he he thinks he knows everything and he's become that bit more big-headed than he was i don't get me wrong i like him and i'll read his articles but at the same time i'm not i'm not as big a fan of him as i was so yeah there's there's a few guys out there that i'll always go and read and he is one of them but at the same time i won't watch any of his videos because i know it just annoys me so, yeah. All right, I think it's, uh, it's a lot different if you if you're reading something to when you're listening to something. So I I know a lot of people will probably get annoyed at me. So uh, oh yeah, people. I, have... I, I've always welcomed the decision of uh, following me on Twitter and posting abuse every day. That, <laughs> that is fine. <laughs> I, I will I will take that and I'll respond as nicely as possible. My boy Rob Tomlin, he's got thick skin, boys. <laughs> Definitely. So, um, I, do you still have anything on your list that you want to um, touch on? Uh, Oilers compensation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. happening this season. We are not getting their second round pick this season. So, it it's going to be next season. We're definitely getting it, but it'll be next season. And that just scares me a little bit because did that the oil? What did was that it, pick? Did that pick change from a second to a third? I don't think it did. So it's still the second. It just the the, the years are different. Yeah. Okay. Because... I might I might I might have misread something because I thought I thought if it was going to be a 2016, it was a second round, and then if it was if when it changed to a 2017, it was going to be a third. But I could I very well could be mistaken. It might be because there's been so many articles on this that it's become confusing for a lot of fans. Right. And uh, the whole compensation thing racks my brain because we were the ones that let him go. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I don't understand why we're getting the pick, but I'll happily take one. Absolutely. I'd, uh, yeah. I'd, any Anyone else want to give us picks? <laughs> that, that's fine. <laughs> We, we've got guys that we don't want on the team you can have them and yeah. we'll happily take picks off you exactly so, uh, yeah so that's not happening till next year which means we will, won't be getting the first pick in the second round uh, well second pick in the second round sorry uh, because Toronto will last so that's fine uh, so we won't be getting that pick but Again, there's the chance that they want to move up to the pick number four, which is available apparently uh, from Edmonton, 
or anywhere to eight, which is what I'm thinking they may move between four and eight to get uh, Ollie Ewellavy or whatever he's called. So yeah, and that's about it. That's that's what I've got. Nice. I um. We got about nine to ten minutes left in our hour, but I just wanted to touch in on uh, some um, expansion, uh, the expansion topic to Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I haven't been on board with this since day one, and when I started finding out the, when I started reading and doing research on, on, on who's going to be running the team, I kind of, I kind of lost it right there. Um, I know, I know businesses, you know, people is, if you have a business, you know, you might do other things besides that certain business to make money, but I just don't see, and I don't like the idea of casinos running a, a, a professional team. I, I think that's because here's, here's my point, like, and I, and I could be wrong and, and call me whatever you want, but in like, like, let's just use the NHL. I don't see, like, like, all right, Jeremy Jacobs. I, I think he owns the building. I know he owns the concessions. He does everything that should an owner should do. Yeah. Ticket sales, it's huge. But my thing is, when you have three casinos that are partnering in on a team and an arena, ticket yeah. sales. Ticket sales and fan revenue are not on your first priority. So, to me, I, I see a lot of these guys comping tickets. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I mean, when you, when you have a casino, you have the, the most money, you know, anybody has. So, you're not worried about certain things like that. So, I just don't, and the, the fan base, the ticket drive, that might last a year or two. But then all of a sudden, I, I just don't see it. I'd rather see it go to a market that has hockey installed. It might not be NHL hockey. NHL hockey was there when the first Stanley Cup happened in 1916, 15, 17, whatever. But an area like Seattle yeah, I, makes, I makes sense for me. Seattle. Yeah. You know, and, and there's, some, there's, some, there's some good hockey people out there that know their stuff. I mean, they. There's very, very good numbers in attendance for the Western Hockey League, um, American Division or the North North, you know, something like that. It's Tri City, Seattle, Portland, um, yeah. and and so on. Those guys have hockey embedded already there. To, to drop a professional team in there would be a very smart idea. Now, I, my idea of dropping a freaking team in the desert. And then asking people to, hey, would you be interested in hockey? I just don't like that. See, I think it's more the sideshow that it's Las Vegas. I think, I think it's more the fact that oh, look at the big lights and come to Las Vegas. We have hockey. And is there actually have they actually built an arena yet, or is it? Yeah, that's kind of it's, gonna, it's, it's built. built. It's built. Or it's in the stages of uh, finishing. Just a quick question: When you sit down to watch your hockey, is there a, like a slot machine in front of you? <laughs> because oh, I... 
Because that's what I imagine when I think of this this whole Las Vegas thing. Hot um, dancing girls. <laughs> yeah, they, they're going to have like cheerleaders on the ice at, at the end of periods and all that stuff. Uh, I, I just think they probably thought more about the money than the long term. And, and I think Seattle would have been the long term money and you would have built a franchise that would actually last. Okay. Whereas All right. Las Vegas is the kind of thing that's going to die out within 10 years, I think. All right. Here, now, now we're, you're getting into my wheelhouse here about this conversation, right? Do you honestly think that this move to Las Vegas is to recover losses by the TV deal that the NHL made with uh, RDS... Uh, Sportsnet, you know, you, you know the, the the Canadian television yeah, yeah. deal. Yeah. Do you think this was a move to to recoup major losses from that deal? Yeah, because they're gonna make a shit ton of money the first couple of years. I'm I'm hearing to get a franchise nowadays. I mean, I remember when it was back in the early '80s and '90s. It was like eighty million dollars. Yeah. Now it's like over five hundred million just to get a franchise. Oh yeah, but it, it's not only that. It's the NHL are going to take a portion of your like dealings with anything NHL-wise. Like Las Vegas has the biggest like tourist attraction thing in the world. So, well, not in the world, but probably around them these spots in America. So you're gonna you've got a constant stream of guys that are going to be there I don't think you're going to have a continuous fan base of specific like uh, guys from Las Vegas but I think it's going to be more of a tourist thing but I think they're just going to make that much money in the first two years and then when it dies out they'll think oh well we've already made the money right it doesn't matter I just I, I just don't see a, uh, a tourist built fan base you know what I mean that yeah, people coming uh, people coming from all over the world just to see a hockey game that's fine and, and you're getting your money and so on but I just like the 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 home the homegrown um, crowd fans it, I just don't see it. It, it it especially won't happen in a year you know that, you, that, that's something that's going to take a while do you see it moving to Seattle after the buzzers that down yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Good then point. them just the that that's their plan B. That's why they haven't. Because originally wasn't it Seattle, Las Vegas, Quebec City? Quebec, yeah. But I'm I'm real. That's why I said about the the the, the recouping of the losses on the on the TV deal that the NHL made. Because if you go to Quebec, I mean, look at the dollar that's value. That's Canadian dollar, yeah. Right. So you, and, you're just doing exactly what you did with the TV deal. Exactly. I really don't see anything happening in Quebec until that dollar value changes. I, I you know, which, it sucks. Which isn't anytime soon. No, and 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 basically, if uh, you know, I'm an American citizen, but from what I've read, it's all oil-driven funds. Yeah. So. The the thing is, I don't see expansions happening that often. Like I don't. I think they should put a restriction on expansions happening. Like it should only happen every five to ten years. Like yeah, talk about added. it. Yeah, don't just all of a sudden. Oh, fancy 
adding an extra team. Right. Like, because, first of all, like you said, you've got to find your fan base. And they've done the wrong thing this time by choosing Las Vegas. Well, well, we might be proven wrong, but I think they've done the wrong thing in choosing Las Vegas over Seattle. Uh, I, I just think they're not thinking long term they're thinking short term how do we fix what we've just done wrong so I, I've just seen as well that they've uh, they've just worked out a TV deal with Russia I think and yeah I, I, I just saw that yeah. and I, I didn't I, I we did it I read a little bit about it before we we, we started the show but I didn't really get into it, but are they going to start showing hockey games from the KHL? Uh, no, I think it's NHL, isn't it? In, uh, it's the whole point that they haven't had the NHL in Russia, I think. Really? So, yeah, so I think there's, I think the only way you could get it, like with England, where I am, I can only get it by using the Game Center uh, application to watch watch games or I have to stream them and I think it's the same over in Russia you can only use the game center but they're actually going to put it on national TV wow so I I know we we have a TV channel over here but you have to pay a ridiculous amount and you only get one game a night so uh, that's interesting yeah I'm I'm actually feeling jealous of the Russians right now so yeah why is that uh, because they're going to get NHL actually on TV and I have to watch it on my tablet oh and, uh, no shit <laughs> yeah, that sucks so. it, it, it also doesn't help that games start at 2 o'clock in the morning over here but uh, yeah <laughs> no that's true it, it, it's all good as long as I get to watch the Bruins play it, it's all worth it So nice alright well, we've passed an hour, so anything yeah. else? Are you good? Uh, I think I'm good for this week. I think we'll save whatever we have left for next week. Uh, sounds, that sounds good. We've had quite a bit happen this week, so it just depends on what happens over the next week of no hockey. So Yeah. yeah. Um, sometime soon within the next two weeks I'd really like to dive into uh, some some draft talk yeah so we'll, we'll hit on the draft and and who to expect I mean we did a little bit of that today but I'd like to get more uh, involved in uh, the players uh, their their attributes and and the overall discussion about um, players that are potentially going to be available when the Bruins are, are selecting so I think that'll be a good show good topic uh, it'll get everybody up to up to speed and and ready for you know t- uh, for what's to come on uh the weekend of the june 24th and 25th so yeah maybe also we'll dive into some maybe round two round three and round four players that might be available because yeah, yeah i'm not definitely. seeing i'm not seeing any articles on anything except for the first round so yeah yeah it's not this draft this draft is not as uh deep as a lot of people think think it is but there's still I mean, Seth, Seth Griffith was picked in the fifth round, and, and you know, I, I think he turned out pretty good. Exactly. So, so yeah. awesome. Uh, All right.
Thank you very much for everybody listening. Rob, thank you very much. As always, you're, you're uh, a true asset to this uh, whole project, and I'm so happy you're involved. So, no worries, that's awesome. All right. Me. And thanks again right. for listening, and we'll see you next week. See ya. for tuning in to the black and gold hockey podcast please join us next week for another discussion of bruins hockey related material